Hello, it's me, Roland Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched uh, Shakedown. We got shook down. <laughs> Are we rolling? We got shook out. Okay. Uh, let's go around the room real quick. A B. Uh, Zach. Andy. Uh, A O. All right. Where to start? Peter Weller's uh, <laughs> uh, precision performance. Uh, There's a lot. Sam Elliott's. Um, just uncut, uncensored, unfiltered. Un- unfinished plot line? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We don't know. Oh, he wrapped it all up. <laughs> Did he have an arc whatsoever? It was, uh, he didn't shoot anybody and then he had shot somebody. He's, it's, he's a wet boy and then he gets wet by jumping into the Hudson River. <laughs> True. That's, that's his ultimate destination. <laughs> Should we lay down like a baseline for, because no one knows what this movie is. <laughs> no one has watched, dear listener, <laughs> if you're listening to this, have you watched Shakedown? Yeah, hit us with a little synopsis. Uh... Should we do off the top or should we do... Oh, just off the top. Okay, yeah. So it's uh, it's a 80s drug movie uh, with crooked cops and some... some. They definitely wade into the waters of race. <laughs> right. That, Certainly. That definitely happens. And then Peter Weller is a lawyer and, and Sam Elliott is a good cop. But we... We really don't know that much about him other than he apparently lives in a movie theater mm-hmm. and brushes his teeth with a toothbrush that he keeps in a fuse box. And don't forget the baking soda. Right, with baking soda, not toothpaste. I mean, he, he's just so undercover that he's homeless, basically. Yeah. Word. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Was he undercover or just dissipated? Yeah. I, I think he was just fucked off. I right. don't think he he's was on just an alcoholic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he was just... They're like, we can't get this guy to wear his uniform. <laughs> We've given up, but he's he's such a sharpshooter that we'll keep him on just in case. He spent all his money on exotic pistols or something. <laughs> right. He has crazy guns in this movie. He has like, what, do we think it's a Desert Eagle? <laughs> like, it's, it's a forty-five of some type. Some big old thing. It's, it's really not. not clear. It's clearly not regulation because like forty, maybe an hour into the movie, they finally <laughs> a different cop yeah. is like, "Where'd you get that gun?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he uh, in one scene they're like raiding this uh, this sort of drug and sex club, and he he's as he before they enter the space, he's putting the Desert Eagle into his fucking belt, and then he rolls into the space inexplicably with like an Uzi with a fucking like right a laser laser sight. on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which that leads to a really great moment when uh, like the drug kingpin guy gets the laser dot on his tie and he just looks at his tie like, what the fuck did you just put on me? <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> that club, by the way, I think that we should note that uh, like beautiful production design in the Sex and Drug Club. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, just incredible angles, frosted glass, can uh, we talk, talk orange about and purple. Favorite points from that club? Because yeah, mine, mine was certainly the three head-sized holes with like underlit men in them oh I, yeah yeah i don't know how to describe it any better well, they're like is there like dealer booths because everyone's smoking crack suppose, and like yeah. just doing yeah doing cocaine and just rippers and prostitutes toots there's uh, a video door they were tooting up big time there yeah <laughs> 
getting cuffed to the bed. Oh yeah, Hun- yeah, hitting the honeymoon suite. <laughs> no, that well, was that was a different place. That was a different place. Just 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 pulling out a vial of crack and being like, "This is what I got," and then pulling out handcuffs and being like, "This is what I want." Straight, that is a different scene, though. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's the second scene. club. They, they might as well club. have been the same club. I mean, yeah, it's you, <laughs> that, the essence of that club or that scene is uh, it takes place in the original club. <laughs> is there any point in the movie where uh, what's happening? Is there any point in the movie where uh, everything that happens in the movie isn't happening? Right? Like, there's <laughs> right. no point in the movie where everything that is in the movie is not also happening in the scene. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, someone's getting shot. Mm-hmm. Someone's tooting up. Mm-hmm. Someone's screaming at somebody else. Someone's d- delivering dialogue that is only in cliches. So, <laughs> someone is, like, yeah. engaged in, like, some conflict with in the legal system. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. should mention that uh, Peter Weller, as the lawyer, is, like, leading a double life. <laughs> like, his rich girlfriend wants him... Or his fian- rich fiancé wants to get married, and then he is cheating on her with the, like, DA... I would argue he has a triple life going because he has that. And then at night, he just commandeers motorcycles and <laughs> shoots up cops and yeah, no recourse. They really, they really like don't ramp up to that. That just like happens. Like all of a sudden him yeah. and Sam Elliott are just like, we're a tag team, like action duo. You get in the sidecar. Yeah. He's yeah. an incredible like lawyer slash commando yeah. slash like two girlfriend haver. Uh, and yeah, slash it, Jimi it, Hendrix aficionado. Yeah. <laughs> Except like all the exposition at the beginning of the movie would lead you to believe that he's like not that type of dude. And he even proclaims like when he first meets Sam Elliott, He's like, I don't know how to fight. Don't right. Worry. Oh, yeah. That's but then it. also he's just like, uh, Sam Elliott's like, do you know how to use this gun? And he's like, I grew up in New York, baby. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what weird. What does that mean? That's really weird. I shoot folks. When he first meets him, he de- delivers like one of the like kind of lines of this movie. He's like, I'm white. I don't know how to fight. <laughs> but but it, it seems like they've always been a pair right, yeah, after that point. There's no ramp up. There, do you guys think there maybe was stuff cut out of this movie? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like maybe a full storyline? Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, so potentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I I liked that it was an efficient one thirty six. Yeah, I will yeah. say this oh, is yeah. this is comes very close to being a movie I would like go to the mat for. Like not quite because it's a little. T- I don't know. Maybe I would have to watch it again. And it's just there's some pretty dodgy shit that happens, <laughs> but there's also like a lot of interesting <laughs> shit. I yeah. do. Yeah, I highly recommend this movie if you want to experience just like an un like just like a. Uh, total free-floating action signifiers delivered at top speed. Yeah, yeah, they're almost yeah. unconnected. Like, it hits all the beats of an 80s movie, but, like, not in a linear fashion. <laughs> Certainly not yeah. linear. And it's kind of like how in the uh, in movies like this or the Pope of Greenwich Village that take place in New York City, a lot of the dialogue looks like it was just um, cherry-picked from, like, a, uh, like a book of... Yeah. <laughs> street colloquialisms and right. slang yeah <laughs> and uh yeah it it just it it seems completely divorced from any sort of like a narrative structure plot line or um the the particular like drama um, or tension in in a in a given scene can you imagine if this if the <laughs> yeah. pacing was slower and there was more lingering on each moment kind of like uh Twin Peaks season three, some of the dialogue would be perfectly appropriate. That's oh, true. Yeah, yeah. I like, could actually, yeah. Some of this does seem like it was written by David, like ghostwritten by David Lynch. The, the, yeah, but they do a pass the, on the script. That like dinner scene where she's just like, the rabbit didn't die. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, okay, I just so didn't want to lose was, you. That was just reminding me of a different thing that I had recently heard about rabbits. That I don't know if that was tied in with anything I in the movie I don't remember any rabbits. Because his, his fiance girlfriend, right when he's about to uh, pull the ripcord on that relationship and, and <laughs> tell, her, tell her he's done and just go be with the DA, the fiance hits him with a, hey, I'm pregnant. We got to go have dinner with my family, mm-hmm. which is a great move. And then, yeah, he... <laughs> he just like it doesn't even phase him yeah i think she was just in like making an allusion to the fact that she had concocted the pregnancy scenario I think so. yeah. yeah i think so yeah but it doesn't but it's just a weird it's just a ludicrous to way to put it yeah. yeah and it's also like yeah getting back to the fact that if the lines were delivered differently um and under the direction of of a perhaps a better filmmaker, like it could definitely go into sort of surreal Lynchian territory. Like the line when fucking uh, Weller is meeting Sam Elliott in the Hudson River and he's just like, he's like, pal, I love you, but you haven't arrived on this earth yet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think also like Sam Elliott's story about how he lost the love of his life by... Holy shit. (laughs) Holy shit. That's a standout moment. By by, like tossing... uh, I assume it's a dog. Well, so... Did they specify what pet it is? It's a dog. He says it's a big dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a big, big, big dog. He meets the love of his life at Shakespeare in the Park, goes back to her apartment. She's like fixing food or a drink. He's tossing a ball for her for her dog. They never mention that where they are is in a, a high-rise apartment. He throws the ball out the you window. You don't need that detail yet. No. Yeah. <laughs> he throws the ball out, well, goes he out says, the window. He says he throws it once right. and then twice. Yeah. He, like, he goes through the whole series of events. And then he's like, yeah, then I heard the claws sli- clicking and sliding yeah. across the waxed floor. The newly waxed um, floor. <laughs> <laughs> and she's in the bathroom taking sound. a shower also. <laughs> okay, that's what it is. Yeah, and then which the dog... is like an odd thing for... Is it is it insinuated that they like had sex and then she was doing a post-ship shower or... or Appreciate. I, I feel like she's just free. showering with this guy who she doesn't know. Just met like presumably a couple hours before in a raining version of Shakespeare in the Park. Yeah, I think it's pre. I think it's like preparing for the okay. night. Okay. <laughs> and also, you know, just what a big whoops to come out of the shower too. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. dog off out the thirteenth floor Remember window. The my one of my favorite lines <laughs> in the whole movie is Sam Elliott goes, "I look down, threw up." And left. Yeah, <laughs> such a crucial. Never maneuver. had the chance to tell her that she was she was the one. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> if like, so listen, funny. if you, <laughs> Sam Elliott uh, has some advice for you. If you kill a dog, just throw up and leave. Just leave. Yeah. No, he has some advice for you. If you if you accidentally kill the the one's dog on your first date. <laughs> Stick with her. I mean, yeah. try and explain she'll, the situation. She'll understand. Try and work through it. It's not a bad omen. He didn't Everyone not deserves a, a second it's chance. Not a, it's not a morbid foreshadowing. It's a perfectly normal scenario, and you can't give up on love. A part of me imagines that like the director was telling him this stuff for backstory like this is your dark backstory mm-hmm. and then he just said oh just ad lib and then he said the exact same thing the director told him can you imagine just shitting out uh, in life because you did that like yeah. <laughs> I can absolutely yeah. imagine that that's what I'm always afraid of like anytime like I'm in a situation where I don't know somebody that well and they're like being nice to me I'm like there's definitely a way I could fuck this up so badly mm-hmm. 
And that's like a perfect example. Well, of- it's also like, it's one of those things where it didn't, do, it's not like a relationship that developed over the course no. of many years. And there was just sort of like tragic, uh, tragic flaws in the relationship because of um, understandable and innocent misgivings and shortcomings of the two people involved or whatever. It's like this just freak accident that happens on the first date. For some reason, he knows she's the one. Uh, we'll grant him that. <laughs> Given yeah. given we assume that love at first sight is a, is a thing, that's all. It's a it, huge jump to make. So, but it reminds me of this like anecdote I heard from Jim Carrey yesterday when I was just in wow. a YouTube hole. He was talking about when he first um, when he first went and tried to get a job at SNL during um, his audition. He arrived at the studios and there was just a guy over the NBC sign who was just like trying to build up the courage to jump and all these people and all these people like uh trying to talk him down and he's like man this is not a good sign and he i guess when he was doing his audition he was just like fuck i don't know uh yeah where do you go from there is he okay what what happened is somebody (laughs) is somebody recording this like (laughs) yeah he um yeah he he had a bit of a black cloud over his head uh, during his audition. Yeah, but that's a shame. That's the thing with this movie. <laughs> All these super dark things happen. But there's no dark clouds. They just move on. Like, nothing yeah, ever happened. It doesn't bother them it's at New all. It's New York City, baby. <laughs> yeah, two cops just died right in front of me. And they linger on Sam Elliott. He looks like he's just gone through some shit. And then they right. just skip to the next scene. Well, because, yeah, he thinks... I thought he was like, yeah, yep, I'm going to jail. But <laughs> clearly he going to jail. But instead, he uh, is just brandishing a gun and going, you want to shoot? Like, yeah, right outside wanna, of the courthouse. And they drive off in a Porsche, drive stolen Porsche. Stolen Porsche with me, yeah. Well, dude, he's, he's callous. He's hardened. He, this type of shit doesn't phase him anymore. You can tell by just the the look on his face. I, just, I would t- utter disillusionment. I would turn into Sam Elliott if I went over to someone's house and they were like, hey, by the way, I've got a pet snail crawling around somewhere. <laughs> just keep an eye out for him. And then I get up and I take two steps to go get some cup and just crunch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. That would be it for me. And I'd that's be toast. A, that's a, uh, yeah, that's a scenario that really resonates with me. <laughs> you know? You'd catch yeah. me, you'd catch me at like a uh, fucking, yeah, 1130 AM matinee with just a spro cup and just coffee running down my shirt and passed out. <laughs> that yeah. was such a good introduction to Sam Elliott, <laughs> yes. like asleep yeah. in a movie theater. <laughs> Do we yeah. ever, we, you know what's crazy? Like we never see him interact with any kind of police authority no. like at all. <laughs> he, no, I think the only time he was in the department was to polish his gun. Oh yeah. And then, and then to kill those, shoot up some other cops. Yeah, to kill those crooked cops. <laughs> and he wears like one of those badges that's on like a like a necklace thingy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's yeah, it's like a dog tag. Yeah, badge. but that's the only kind of like official thing we ever see. Yeah, in and let's with him. be clear, like when he's in the lockers of the police department polishing his gun, he's not there to polish the no, gun. No, he's there to send a message to the crooked cops that like there's a showdown and yeah. a shakedown coming yeah. up. Can we and, talk about? And I'm this the tip of the spear. So he's yeah. basically a, he's a he's a freelance cop and he's just checking. Right. <laughs> Can we talk about the look of the crooked cops? Like uh, how completely yeah. <laughs> well full mullet. Yeah, full, full, full blast mullet, mullet. Which like it seems insane to even like talk about that at this point in just history of the world. But like you have to because it's you can't ignore it. That guy's face is just like it's in your face. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rate the faces, maybe. Um, 
Yeah, so he so the the main villain, the crooked cop with the mullet, played by George Loros, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think not, so. Not to be mistaken for George Soros. <laughs> Although often um, that does that is a common, that happens a lot. Call my boss. <laughs> common misconception. <laughs> the 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 man bankrolling this Still waiting uh, for my check. this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he's got a real uh, he's got a real smug real round face you know like there's a lot of there's a lot of round um, mounds and protrusions you're so brutal and uh, yeah, sounded like and, lumpy and it's it's kind of lumpy and he's got a sort of glimmer in his eye all the time because i mean there's a couple scenes where it looks like he's about to cry but he's just smirking with a, such a self-satisfied the arrogance yeah. um <laughs> that, that it, could, it couldn't possibly be what's going to happen next right. um it, any sort of emotional vulnerability you're basically introduced to this character uh by him dropping an n-bomb like while oh, yeah. he's lambasting this witness who's um taking them to the the sex club or whatever yeah he's threatening him he's threatening like a guy like if you don't do what we say you're gonna be prison raped and and he puts it in just like the ugliest terminology you can imagine but the guy he's yelling at has like a really fucked up sweater yeah on. oh yeah and a ponytail yeah and then he gets electrocuted so he does de- he deserves to, to get ranted at like that uh, well i mean <laughs> he deserved all the worst in the world i don't know if we had to necessarily see how it all happened but uh yeah he got fucking just absolutely roasted. He got uh, toasted. Yeah. Um, a dude, uh, the assassin who kills him, uh, pulls out two uh, like high voltage electricity uh, cords and then busts into the room where the guy is like handcuffed to a uh, metal bed frame at the sex club, and then he just puts the electricity into the frame, and the guy just cooks. <laughs> Uh, that's about halfway through. That's the movie. one way to do it, you know. That's yeah. one of many ways to do it. And when you're a when you're an assassin like that, I think you might consider yourself an artist. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. just just gutting somebody or uh, blasting them in the head that's that doesn't cut it after a while. You know, you got to come up with definitely more ingenious ways. A yep. well trained assassin because he didn't use the knives in his sleeves or the Uzi in his coat for this one guy. He knew that the... He needed it right. for He was going to have to shoot yeah. like a dozen people on the street knew, who were yeah. just in walking advance. by. Yeah, yeah. he needed That's to save later. those. I don't remember why he starts unloading on people on the street. The cops, like, the it looks like it's... In, yeah. The cops confronted him. I think he's him. just causing like chaos and like mayhem so he yeah, can right. escape, right? Okay, okay. He shoots the cops but then the other people he just shoots. Oh, yeah. 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 He's just like a real deal assassin. I like that actor. <laughs> like, I don't know who that guy is but he was really good. <laughs> he was cool in the, the way that he was like dressed in the... Um, he's in whatever the that those like too. the pearls that were right. wrapped around his head that yeah. was like an interesting accessory that I've he's got I don't know if I've ever seen before like some flare. beaded headband yeah he was completely <laughs> bald but then had a beaded like pearled headband <laughs> looked like some Star Trek alien character yeah something they would wear <laughs> yeah yeah good shit uh my, Sh- I think shouts out to him my favorite set piece I think was the the Coney Island. Um, and I yes. don't really understand what purpose that serves in the story. Because yeah. what happens is uh, Sam Elliott's fishing, right. and then there's two like scum, like New York scumbag guys, and then he gets into an altercation. He res- he like zip ties one of them to a post, and then the other guy runs away with a gun. So he's chasing him, but I don't know who those guys are. So I think they were assassins that were hired by the, uh, oh, the drug dealer guy who. Okay. who- got busted in and arrested in that first 
raid okay. scene. Yeah, okay. but they didn't. I think they didn't really come prepared. They had a knife, maybe between both yeah. of them, one knife, <laughs> one knife and one gun. Yeah, and yeah. Sam Elliott had a fishing rod, a rod in a bucket full of fucking crabs. So, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, he um. He demonstrated his prowess. I think that's the purpose of that scene. Right. Or just like, um, <laughs> uh, oh God, what's the what's the quote from Roadhouse where Patrick Swayze is like, uh, I can't. What's the villain's name in Roadhouse? Oh, because uh, Patrick Swayze is just like, yeah, he decided to mess with me and he fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. It's like about an hour in the movie. Anyway, basically, Sam. El- same for Sam Elliott. You sure, know, sure. These guys decided uh, to accost me at Coney Island and they they fucked up. Right. <laughs> and then they, they he sent that guy uh, yet again pulling out uh, high voltage electricity. Uh, electricity. Yeah, uh, he pulls out the wires on the back of a roller coaster. Yeah, and then the roller coaster. Just complain about the, 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 the crucial the wires. It was the wires that were keeping the whole thing on track. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not to mention yeah. that it's just physically impossible for a roller coaster to shoot off the side of a track, like, right. like off the rails. I don't think roller coasters detached from the rails have wires. I don't think they have electrical <laughs> wires. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah. it's like they're pulled. They're pulled they're by no, a chain, man, and then the, it's just gravity. It's regulated by smart technology. Right, back <laughs> a smart in coaster. 1988. Yeah. But yeah, he pulls out the the wires in the back of the roller coaster, and then it speeds up to a point where it flies off the track, which is so tight <laughs> into, into like a popcorn booth. And then a homie is oh, like, yeah. and then I think it's it's Sam Elliott or somebody with a gruff voice is just like, somebody better get their shovel. Yeah, <laughs> which that didn't make any. sense. How are you going to shovel like a roller coaster car out of a <laughs> popcorn booth? I don't know. That may have been an ADR line. Like they might have just put that oh, in almost later. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was just collaged in, like, mm-hmm. irregardless of context. They're like, this needs, like, a little pop. This will <laughs> do it. <laughs> There's a bunch of points in the movie where they just show up somewhere where someone died, and they're just like, yeah, this guy's dead as fuck. <laughs> this guy's so fucked. They just, they're constantly showing up and finding people dead. Yeah. From the very first scene of the movie. I, I could easily see, in this world of this movie, uh, people that are dead just kind of blink away, like in a video game, because <laughs> that's kind of how they right. treat them. That's like, after three seconds of death they just disappear and maybe an item's left over <laughs> oh yeah or like a, like a, get a big candy thing bar. of meat <laughs> yeah the wad of cash they had in their pocket yeah, so if somebody else can come pick it up <laughs> a file of drugs <laughs> Um, incredible racing scene. Oh, yeah. uh, incredible a, short-lived oh, okay. race where uh, one of the cars explodes about three seconds mm-hmm. into the race. Yeah, and, uh, this is a Fast and the Furious type of moment. Right. <laughs> to what, what end? What were the cars' names? What was the uh, pink car? Oh, one was the, the Harlem Shuffle, and the other one was yeah, the right. Cracker, and the, yeah. the yeah. Cracker blew up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the Cracker had the the uh, Confederate flag. The Confederate yeah, that was flag. really gratifying. Right. Actually, yeah, and to then see like then the guy who was running the race was just like, "Oh, sorry, Crackers. See you later, Cracker." <laughs> yeah, that's the same guy with the the laser dot on his tie. That guy, I don't know who that actor is either, but really good. I've definitely the crime seen him. boss. Yeah, yeah, really good. <laughs> yeah, high high caliber performances across the board. Yeah, that that drag race. I I don't think it was like an actual drag race. I think it was like a like a wrestling match. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's clearly set up where, of course, the cracker's always gonna lose, and sure. maybe next week it's a different car named the cracker painted white <laughs> with Confederate flag on it. Yeah, <laughs> but people just come to see the cracker blow up. Actually. That would be kind of a good idea. <laughs> I would go to that race. <laughs> um, yeah, what else? Uh, a lot of good actors, corrupt cops. Um, 
Having two girlfriends at once. Really good Peter Weller um, st- uh, standing on a balcony looking over Central Park. Yeah, drinking a cup. Yeah. Oh, so good. Really nice. Yeah. Fitted movie, just overall yeah. an unbelievably fitted film yeah. um, from top to bottom, which is like great because it's also like lo- so zooted. It's, pr- it's mm-hmm. probably, m- well, is it more zooted than Lethal Weapon? Like No, but... Well, I, I want to say that because it's like a lower quality movie than Lethal Weapon and Lethal Weapon 2 specifically. It's just a different type of zoot. It's maybe? a different, yeah, it's a different type of zoot. It's like, yeah, it's more scat, it's a more scatterbrain. It's just zoot, a dirty zoot. It's a, di- yeah. it's a dirty lo fi scatterbrain. It doesn't zoot. have the, the steady hand at the tiller like the Lethal yeah, Weapon franchise exactly. or, or like, the Beverly Hills. Like it's Cop more franchise. of a Tasmanian zoot versus right. like a hummingbird. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Lethal Weapon's zoot. not a hummingbird yeah, yeah, yeah. zoot. <laughs> Yeah, but it's more towards that end of the spectrum. It's like, it's kind of in between, you know. It's more graceful. <laughs> it's a hummingbird more in like the filmmaker's part, and then the, it's, a, it's a Tasmanian on the part of Mel Gibson's performance. <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> but yeah, what else? Um, yeah, th- I mean, it's a, it, I definitely thought of Beverly Hills Cop uh, during this, but it's definitely like, let's try to make that and it not, not getting there, <laughs> but, n- but where it ends up is pretty, it's, it's really watchable. Like, totally. Yeah. It's, uh, there's something happening every single <laughs> <laughs> second, every frame <laughs> and usually more than one thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, no dull moments. Yeah. Um, lots of, uh, lots of Mr. Somebody's. Oh my god! Some just power moving each other or attempting to power move each other, yeah. falling victim to each other because they're not as much of a somebody as they thought they were. I mean, Peter <laughs> Weller has the somebody uh, cranked in the courtroom because yes. he's like sleeping with the other lawyer. Yeah, who's so his dream we, we girl. gotta we gotta talk about the tr- the try the love triangle yeah. and and Peter Weller's whole fucked off deal yeah. with that um, because the courtroom scenes are just so preposterous if you don't consider the fact that the DA who is on the other side of the aisle from him is also his mistress. Right. Um, but, but then you add that sort of sexual tension into the mix and them like having the fucking sexual banter where it's like they're using legal jargon to talk about what they actually prefer in the bedroom that part was outside crazy. of the courtroom, like that right outside the courtroom where the judge could just walk by yeah. and her just pulling his tie and, just power moving. There him. was such and a hot fire walk and talk. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was like that put every scene in the West Wing to shame. Yeah, just yeah. imagine yeah. if it was yeah. Sorkin, but <laughs> right. just like lizard brain and cup brain and just like there, and, and shit bag. There's fucking like saying twenty five lines and in true a row. love. True, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like and she's the one. They're saying like twenty five lines in a row that are all like the like crazy West Wing dialogue. Like I'm gonna put my brand on you. Where's your iron? It's right here. Pulling out a <laughs> like it's yeah. You can't you every time you think. Well, that's got to be the end of that, and then it just keeps going. No, they they keep the mixed metaphors going yeah. for so long, and the only thing that could s- sustain a banner like that is love, in my opinion. <laughs> True. This movie, True. this movie can be summed up as just like a big gun going off on screen. Yeah, <laughs> a big gun that you can't identify because it's it looks like a gun you've seen before, but it's also <laughs> fucking weird looking. <laughs> right. Yeah, it has all the elements of a gun, but for some reason, when you add up the component parts, it's like this weird 
impressionistic experience <laughs> yeah. of, I still just, of looking at a gun. <laughs> I can't get over the fact that so Pe- uh, the cops like are obstructing Peter Weller's ability to get access to evidence. So he, in the middle of the night, <laughs> crawls up the wall, outside wall of the um, police station and busts in through a like just plate glass window with no bars into the evidence locker and uh, apparently just had like bolt cutters just hanging off his belt or something and he pulls them out and he just (laughs) cuts open the evidence locker and then they catch him and then they take him to an interrogation room (laughs) and they're slapping him around then they're playing Russian roulette and like literally just trying to shoot him in the head. Yeah, and by the way, this scene includes in one of the, in the guy who, the cop who is, um, you know, delegated to the locker room or whatever, um, or the evidence locker room is Richie Aprio from The Sopranos. Yeah, Armand Asante. Excellent fucking also character from actor. Judge Dredd, the oh, Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am, oh man, dude. Uh, fuck. He's tight. He's a great, just like New York Italian Giuseppe staple. Yes. <laughs> Perpetually with a cigar, just, yes. just ripping yeah. on that cigar. But yeah. I, <laughs> he shows his disrespect by never taking a cigar out of his mouth when he's talking to you. When he's in a tight spot, his cigar sweats. He doesn't. <laughs> yes. Andy. <laughs> Acutely observed. <laughs> it's uh, it's just so insane to me that they played Russian roulette. It's just like, yeah, what was the list of things that had to be in this movie that was the just station, like, no less. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, th- okay, they have the tape in the boombox right there. Yeah. It's cl- it's what he's holding when they find him, and they're playing Russian roulette to get him to give up what he was looking for in the evidence locker, which is just the object that's sitting right behind them. Right. Yeah, they already <laughs> have it. And the, ta- the tape has incriminating evidence about the inciting event, which is what the court case revolves around. I don't even know mm-hmm. if we've talked about that. but we, Yeah, we have there's a, there's a There's a crooked cop gets shot and killed by a drug dealer after he tries to kill him. Trying to steal money from him. Yeah, the crooked cop makes he makes a ton of money by robbing drug dealers. Yeah, and so and so the the ring of crooked cops they're trying to prevent the shakedown. (laughs) They're they don't want the evidence to get out, and that's why Richie Aprio is in the uh, in the mullet. Round faced mullet fuck <laughs> is playing Russian Mr. roulette Potato knows. with Peter Weller. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really hard in this movie to tell which half, either the courtroom half or the kind of uh, crime half, which one is the MacGuffin because neither yes. of them is really like focused on. Yeah. So by the end, you're like, uh, which what's yeah. important here? Well, yeah, no, that's the thing. Like with if <laughs> this is. This is stupid art theory bullshit, but if you make a painting, yeah, you don't it. you don't want like uh, the point of emphasis is usually going to be uh, like either the largest portion of the picture or the right. most mm-hmm. saturated or high, highest contrast, and you don't want to have two points of emphasis because then, especially if it's like an asymmetrical composition, because then the eye is going to be bouncing between the two, yep. and there's going to be no cadence or rhythm to where, how it moves around. The, the composition and th- that's a little bit what this movie is like it's just Definitely. got two dominant points of emphasis and you don't know which one to focus on and you're just getting fucking you're ricocheted and pinballed back and forth <laughs> true <laughs> so abruptly it feels and kinda, violently feels kind of good though I'm energized <laughs> yeah, I'm kinda, yeah it's it's yeah. that's why it's a, a very specific type of zoot I think yeah. right what if they had called this movie Blamo just the, <laughs> the title of the movie was Blamo <laughs> It would have been appropriate. So Peter Weller did this a year after RoboCop. Yeah. So is that a step up or step down, do you think? Um, It's 
What sidestep? It's a it's a lateral move. I'd wow. Say. Okay. Yeah. I I was gonna say I think this movie is kind of it's kind of one of those movies that you always hope that you're gonna stumble on because like after you get to kind of probably the point that we're all in with movies where you've kind of delved into like you've gone on all these rabbit holes or whatever you think you've found like all the weird all the gems yeah and then this is like oh no this is like they put every 80s thing in a blender and shook it up and gave it to you and it's still totally oh speaking of that we should talk about Weller's smoothie in the beginning that was some <laughs> shit oh yeah His introduction yeah no. that's how we that's how he starts out he's listening to he's got a bunch of cassette tapes one of them is Chicago Nine. Uh-huh. I saw. I saw and some cream in there. Cream, too. yeah. So it's like straight up boomer guy. Like yeah. he's like a boomer lawyer. He's a <laughs> fucked off boomer lawyer. <laughs> and then one, of, yeah. So he's, somehow this is cool too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a, a cool guy. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're telling you. That's what they want you to think. And then he, he puts in um, the first Jimi Hendrix album, and then starts making a smoothie, which is like milk, orange juice. Uh-huh. A spoon of Maxwell House no, coffee. No, not even a spoon. Uh, hit the canister on the side okay, of the blender. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a, a dash <laughs> of Maxwell House coffee, and then there's like popcorn involved too. But I don't know if he and puts a raw, like, egg. raw egg. Oh, raw egg. Yeah, uh-huh. but I don't think he puts the popcorn in there. And he's making the smoothie, listening to Jimi Hendrix, and then the absolutely like thankless role of his like shrew fiance comes in and like me- right. like bums his mel or. Yeah, like she mellows his, she doesn't his mellows. <laughs> That's what I was trying mellows to him out. Yeah. She, doesn't get, she doesn't get his music at all, which right. is weird because it's twenty year old music right. that everybody knows. <laughs> and then I don't even know what they're trying to say with the bre- breakfast smoothie. Like, I don't either. Yeah. Is he like some new agey kind of weirdo? Or no, he's like he hardcore. No, he's Hard- hardcore. Okay. So he's like okay. yeah, he's eating raw. So eggs. this is uh, this is give it to me raw, like just inject it into me kind of <laughs> yeah. shit. He's like a he's like a dude. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. He's just like a real guy. Well, it's I mean? it's also part of his, like, the way that his mistress paints him um, as being somebody who, like, wants, uh, you know, like, the, the glistening material and luxurious yep. material things in life, but just can't escape working with the scum. <laughs> and, and, and oh, that was God, such but, an amazing <laughs> rant. Yeah. That was weird. Who is he talking to about that? He's the, he's talking to his uh, to the DA boo. Okay, so yeah, yeah he's talking to the and mistress, he's on yeah. the rooftop looking over Central Park, which you know bears mentioning that her apartment is absurdly nice oh, for yeah. a, for a, a public defender. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> her prosecutor. I mean, just unbelievable. I mean, I mean, if you make a million and a half a year, <laughs> it's I don't no even, problem. That might not yeah, be that enough. Might still. Not be enough. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's crazy. Uh, yeah, God. Just yeah. the scum and the and the the human puke. I don't, <laughs> even, I don't know what he's what point he's making with that. Like he's saying he he what is it like? He, he's like he's talking about how ambivalent he is about um, making the jump from from defense like defense attorney to uh, like a private right um, okay yeah a private office which is run by his fiance's extremely rich father. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might be what they're trying to tell us with the smoothie scene is that she doesn't understand his like his cool lifestyle. Or is he trying to like shoo her off? Is he trying to show his gross side? Cuz like Oh, maybe. He's doing that in front of his fiance and then the next scene you see him in, he's eating sushi outside when he meets the the That's a good point. public defender or whatever. That's a true tactic. Have you guys ever used that tactic like in a bad relationship? <laughs> just really like, gross in yeah. front of him. Just like I'm just going to stop pretending I'm I'm not a shithead. Just just letting your apartment go to shit, living yeah. living in complete squalor to to own your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, drive, I mean to it, drive someone to, away. To, to drive her away. <laughs> I have trouble with that because there's like a first part where I think 
things have to get cleaned up, and I <laughs> you can't get. To I don't get around to that part, <laughs> so I just. I guess I'm trying from Damn. the very first moment. To Damn. Just there you can look it's like dave said you, it, you can always there's always another level true that's true up and down baby so <laughs> there's always another gear <laughs> yeah 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 super reverse <laughs> uh yeah like if you start in the lowest gear but then the gearbox just shits out and falls right out of the bottom of the car and rolls away yeah that's, that's like some tech they would show in this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah um Okay, so have we talked about the probably the most extraordinary and baffling set piece, which is at the end when oh, no, Sam no, Elliott grabs onto the wheel of the plane that they're chasing? Well, first, yeah. the, Back it up a bit. Andy's got to take this one because it, yeah, it got him going. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. well, it starts out where <laughs> uh, Peter Weller, his character, wins the court case, yes. and he just gets a note. As the the jury is telling their verdict or whatever, and uh, and he can't he can't be bothered to even stick around to celebrate. I mean his his client is um, yeah is decided not guilty right too, which is just an unbelievable like given the yeah, cultural and geopolitical right. and social situation in New York City in the nineteen eighties. And they've shown throughout the movie that yeah. like, the city is just kind of politically or racially charged and like mm-hmm. yeah it, the all signs were pointing that he would found guilt but, right. uh, but the last thing he says to his client is um see you in jail <laughs> yeah he's yeah. so he's like so unnecessarily like cruel to his client it doesn't make any sense yeah so he just runs outside of the courthouse where he finds uh sam elliott with the the red porsche it's that, that is the that's the porsche of the original crooked cop who got shot by his client right. killed in the beginning of the movie yeah a lot to unpack there yeah um <laughs> so you're just allowed like, to like commandeer a right. dead wi- well like, he's so, dead he 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 wouldn't have wanted it anyway. he won't need it yeah he won't need it yeah <laughs> his so, wife his wife won't need the money no Mm-mm. no she'll be all right not. yeah uh, <laughs> Sam, Sam Elliott's there waving a gun saying like we gotta get to the airport he's, he's like O'Leary won't mind yeah. do you wanna shoot or do you wanna drive <laughs> okay, yeah that's it dead. do you wanna shoot or do you wanna god, drive god that's so fucking insane <laughs> it's just it's so insane so tight the, the movie could've easily just uh, after this whole scene uh, had uh, Peter Weller just wake up and like that would've been like a fantasy in the courtroom <laughs> and it turns out he lost the case and he fell asleep uh, as the jury was reading their verdict. Yeah, it I, just transitions into hard-boiled like <laughs> realism territory. It's really weird. It's kind of like the end of Brazil where it just goes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so basically, yeah, they race this uh, Porsche to the airport. Uh, get that, onto the runway somehow. Yeah, yeah, easily get onto the runway. No Which issues is, there. Well, I guess just by probably it's by pre-9-11, flashing you know, that you can leather just, badge. You can just ride onto the runway. You yeah, know? yeah, pretty true, true. <laughs> so the, the, the drug lord and the most crooked cop are just boarding their private jet and they're leaving town. They're going to like Costa Rica. They're going to Costa Rica, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a puddle jump away. Just a puddle jump away. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the many beautiful lines. <laughs> and as they're racing away uh, on the uh, on the runway, the Porsche uh, drives up and Sam Elliott grabs the uh, one of the landing gear. Yeah, which is you know you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the next the next shot, they're pretty much all the way in the air. You know, the, the, the height of skyscrapers and stuff. and uh, Yeah, no, the transition is so stark. It's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's so jarring. It goes from, like, a scene that's 
shot analog basically yeah right it goes from stunt doubles like yeah yeah, obvious stunt guys like there's like a downward angle (laughs) like looking down from the landing gear you see a guy in a sam elliott wig and then you see a guy who has vaguely (laughs) similar hair to peter weller in the porsche driving the porsche clearly some other homie though yeah yeah very very looking up very intently (laughs) not to kill this guy trying to get on a plane and then smash cut to they are like at cruising altitude and it's a fucking bad green screen in in manhattan airspace for some reason yeah which is, which is like, you can't even do that. No. Landing gear still down, but Sam Elliott's like firing a gun at the engine. Yeah, he shoots plane, a at gun the at the fucking turbine. Yep. Of the plane like, he's on. Oh, the plane he's that hanging he will clearly on. clearly die on. Right over the Twin Towers. Oh, they just missed the Twin Towers by... Yeah, by a well, hair hair breath. Yeah, I mean, punitive measures are more important than survival in right. Sam Elliott's True. book. Right. And, I mean, he's so down and out that I don't think he gives a shit whether he dies or not. That's how much of a roughneck badass he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then he, d- he jumps into the Hudson River and whatever the right. fuck. And he he's knows just... that puppy's going down. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he jumps yeah. in the Hudson River. He's fine, and then is able to easily swim back right onto the shore. And in a matter of seconds, the plane lands. It's on the ground. Everything seems safe, and then it blows up because <laughs> because before he jumped in the river, I think he threw a grenade in one of the turbines. Yeah, he threw a grenade like oh, into the wow. landing gear. Yeah, and so that grenade was something he acquired. I think about fifteen minutes into the movie. Right. That's the first when sex club. They oh yeah, they pop open the, all the cops pop open a trunk and they, uh, and they <laughs> they're the just like they're like so which gun do you want? Yeah, which gun do you want? You? Yeah, what looks what looks hey, good what, to you? Which one of these fucking pieces uh, <laughs> of uh, weaponry uh, do you want to use to uh, destroy the scum? And <laughs> Sam Elliott is like, oh yeah, for sure, and grabs two grenades. I'll take two grenades, yeah. please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because we find out later he's already got the Desert Eagle and the Uzi. Right. So so, yeah. like, he just needed a little accessory, a little flourish. He just needs something so he can hit triangle and throw a, a Exactly. Bomb. Again, the, the video game thing, like, you have every gun you've ever gotten previously. Yes. The grenade was just a new, you know, That's your pickup for that pick level. Up. Exactly. <laughs> right. After that, he just gets ammo for the grenades. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, truly. So he got that that early on and then threw it into the landing gear of the plane. And then it has enough time for the plane to land. Fully land. But, but this is a beautiful thing about, like, 80s action movie logic yeah. is that uh, that vehicles and airplanes and basically anything mechanical like if you shoot it it blows up right. if it, there's any sort of impact it blows up but there's the dramatic delay between the impact or the shot yep. before yep. the explosion and uh, you know the, you gotta wait until the character is like looking at the explosion or <laughs> yeah. walking away from or it or at it. yeah yeah exactly Pointedly. or laughing no, about it laughing yeah. about it knowing that it's gonna happen but like just doesn't doesn't have the time of day to like watch it to make mm-hmm. sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, that is like just one aspect of this movie that's just so great is that it's just a you know an amalgamation of all these tropes that yeah. you know spliced together is actually like really satisfying. So it's like oh, there's a reason they're tropes. Uh, yeah, in, in a, a way, way, in a way, I think you could actually say it's postmodern in the in that late '80s sense because it's so sliced it's it's such a pastiche like yeah, yeah well it yeah. reminds me of that scene at the end of under siege 2 oh, like God. oh you mean <laughs> under yes siege, yeah under siege yes. 2 in dark territory <laughs> yes yeah that exact one yeah which includes a thing where they threaten to um uh heat up someone's eyeball until it explodes wow Amongst other things. That's a movie like we're going to... a laser, right? We're going to have to get Corey B. in the mix on that Oh, one. yeah, no. So I've told Corey. I was like... When we're is gonna... Corey coming to Seattle? I think he's he's trying to come out in the fall at some point. 
Yeah. Man, he needs to get on that, which yeah. I'm sure Corey, is something Corey he'll B, do. Corey B, if you're listening, come on, baby. Buy your tickets. He's he's very broke right now. He's not so. on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> he's not on the Patreon. That's how broke he is. Yeah. You got to get your mom to fucking sign up and then share that login. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, well, we'll I, make it happen. We'll I want to double happen. back, though, uh, Andy, again. I want to know more about what got you so going when you saw Sam Elliott just, like, I on that just, green screen. It's the, the, the quality of the green screen it's some of the worst rotoscoping yeah you can ever. see uh well first off it's just you know some some fake landing gear that sam elliott's hanging off of oh, yeah. with like a really like out of focus skyline behind him yeah and then everything after that is like clearly a model plane over the new york skyline and just like everything's out of focus like just the film stock at all everything yeah. just the changes way that completely the, the landing gear suddenly fills up the entire frame and yeah. it and like that combined with like the uncanny valley of like switching from people who are clearly not the main actors to like what's clearly not a real shot <laughs> like it's so <laughs> intense like you could, yeah you could com- compare it pretty easily to um what is it return now uh the Empire Strikes Back when Luke's hanging off oh, of the yeah. Cloud City. Yeah, it's the same. That's the same like it's the way same, that they did it. Same kind of shot, but for some reason the one on the Cloud City was a lot more believable, even yeah. though it's like in space and shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, this one, and that's another postmodern thing about the movie is like they're like revealing the process behind it. <laughs> yeah. it, it I'm sure it wasn't intentional. Yeah, unconsciously, <laughs> they had an unconscious desire to yeah. express like the representational nature of the film. <laughs> Like, you know, actually, yeah. low-key, that could, it seems like it's true in a way. Because there's just so many things that are just so, like, improbable and, like, stitched together. Maybe yeah. maybe there should have been a double wake-up sequence. So first, <laughs> first, Peter Weller wakes up in the courtroom. And he's like, oh, I lost the case. And, oh, oh we yeah. didn't blow up the plane. And then after that, Sam Elliott wakes up in the theater where we, where we first met him, wow. sleeping through an action movie. <laughs> did, you see, did you see the action movie that he was watching? Yeah, oh, yeah. It was, like, what, skiing and Uzi's? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a homie doing a 360 off a ski jump. <laughs> I forgot about that. That looked sick. And just <laughs> and just yeah, God, we gotta we gotta do that one. I want to pursuit. Yeah, I think that movie might be called Soldier because like they they mentioned in the credits like footage from a movie mm, called Soldier. It might go. be another Glickenhaus. Snow Soldier. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, there was actually on the marquee while they were outside. Yeah, there yeah, but it might be a Glickenhaus. Though. Wow. Yeah, we should we should uh, go check that. By the way, again, <laughs> so we can get the movie title. <laughs> can I? That's something that got me really hyped uh, during this movie, but. It was mostly like internal. Was like they had really good fucking movies on the marquee, like in the theater scenes. I was like, oh, I like that movie. I like that movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember what they were now, but one was like uh, Goldberg. Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. three. Remember, oh yeah, the best yep. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Yeah. So they were um, basically the new mutants. James Glickenhouse is a fan of cinema for clearly, sure, and a, a particular type of like wet kind of kitschy cinema. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Was this movie on one point two speed? <laughs> yeah, we didn't. It feels we, a little bit. We like didn't it. do. It do it at 1.2 but yeah was this movie blown out absolutely yeah yeah sure. was this movie turned up Definitely. yeah <laughs> was this happy? movie cupped up <laughs> yeah yeah what else was it it was flowed out it was fitted for it sure was, yeah it was um was it shoulder pads there were oh yeah there yeah i would have done well to wear some shoulder pads <laughs> while watching it yeah it was dark wool <laughs> 
Yeah, it was. Was it a high tuck? Because yes. it was a high tuck on some blue jeans. It was a jazzy tie. Oh, yeah. It was a l- ludicrous tie. Was it like a computer with a just black screen with green text on it, oh console style? Can we talk about that? Just Lights like off. Briefly? Just yeah. a desk light. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, his... his what is it? His den where he works, like uh, Peter Weller's den, where he's like doing late night fucking lawyer work, and then the fiance comes in. But he's wearing a crew neck Jimi Hendrix uh, sweatshirt, and then he has yep. like an Apple II, just kind of like off to the side, and then just like really fucking cool posters. <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> right? Didn't he have what was the poster in his kitchen like Expo seventy two or something like? Yeah, that? it said yeah, it said something even like more oblique than yeah. that, like c- conflagration, <laughs> something <laughs> like that. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's do a round uh, and uh, do some ratings. I'll start and we'll go this way. And I think uh, I'm going to give this one a um, 7.5 out of 10. Uh, it was blown out and uh, yeah, it was completely blasted. Um, I, uh, I think it was there. So I suffered from overstimulation. Uh, and then yeah. I also just like, as much as I love movies like this, there was just, it was a little too, um, jabronied out for me. It was like, sure. it had a strong jabroni vibe to it, uh, for it to like really be an upper tier, like top tier wet under siege two is m- way more wet to me than this film. Um, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> that movie's really jabronied out. Yeah. Too, oh, it, well, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, this was extraordinary. <laughs> yes. And I don't, how did you come up with, where'd you see this or hear about this? Or? Oh, I have my ways. I don't know. I just see a lot of trailers. You, you, sure, just, sure. you just really like the sonorous uh, voice of Sam Elliott. Sam, Sam Elliott was, I think, ear. the biggest draw to this. I, I think I saw a YouTube trailer link and saw Sam Elliott, and I was like, I haven't seen that. I better check that out. That's, but yeah, yeah this, that makes this, sense this to me. The wetness on this one was like if you're just like trying to go wash your hands and there's just suddenly a just burst pipe and you get blasted in the face with <laughs> a bunch of water. <laughs> Somehow broken glass in that pipe, too. Yeah, yeah, and you're just like, oh, God, and your clothes are all fucked, and yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I have a, a particular affinity for jabroni out action movies, especially <laughs> since it's like a pastime with one of my younger brothers. Um, we used to just get extremely loaded and watch like John Cena movies and wow. um, and Jason, uh, Steven Seagal. And, what's, the, um, what's the one where he's in New Orleans? John Cena, uh, the Marine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like yeah. the classic. The one. Marine is the uh, is the the ultimate John Cena for sure. Where's my wife? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah, eight out of ten. I really enjoyed it. I, I'm gonna give it a. Uh, imagine a, a mise en scene where there's uh, that's that's just colored by Technicolor light, frosted glass with designs etched onto the, them, and then, um, and then a homie, um, and, and you're just, you're touching the walls of this um, beautiful 80s interior design, and a homie comes in with two fucking screaming electrical cables and just touches a metal rod on the other side of the room, and it just flows through um, it flows through the architecture and just zaps the fuck out of you, but <laughs> but not fatally. Yeah. Just jolts you awake a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Good. It's not fatal. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, Zach. My, I always just. Go, I don't know how to do this quite yet. <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, this is my first time. I'm a guest on this cast, so I'm loving it all. Uh, 
uh, yeah, so my rating, um, I think 7.2 for me. Uh, there's so many individual elements that I fucking love. Like, lo- I'm, I'm deep in, like, a RoboCop zone uh, at this point in my life, so just seeing Peter Weller is nice. Like, even though he's playing, like, technically a despicable character. There's so many like line deliveries and facial expressions that he has that like, I just can't help but love, uh, love Sam Elliott. Also, there's a lot of Sopranos actors in this, which I like, um, that it's like, I, yeah, there's just so many individual elements overall. It doesn't necessarily add up to like a top tier movie for me. Um, but super entertaining, uh, I like my big thing is like I want a fucking video game of this movie. <laughs> like it would be perfect. Like when I first saw Weller and Sam Elliott riding on a trike motorcycle, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, that is like Metal Gear, dude. Mm-hmm. Like the on rail shooter. Yeah, that's the end. That's the end of Metal Gear Three. Um, so yeah, I like it. Would watch again. Want video game? Feels like a roller coaster going off the track. Oh, okay, nice. Uh, for me, um, I'm a little torn because. I usually like well-crafted movies, and there's a lot of like open-ended things on here. A lot of characters without any arcs whatsoever. <laughs> but at the same time, there's so much goddamn meat on the bone where it doesn't really matter. It's like you know when you go to uh, I'll make another food analogy. It's like when you go to like Korean barbecue. There's just so much food that like if one or two slices aren't that great, who fucking cares? That's Word. true. Or it's so. like if you uh, it's like the difference between like eating food on earth and then eating on a on a spaceship and the right. the, the the rib yeah. eyes are just floating around you're on vacation the setting <laughs> the setting is so good that the, you can eat a grilled cheese sandwich and it still tastes better than normal so yeah yeah i would i think i'd it's totally rewatchable i could watch this movie you know like 10 times in my life <laughs> and and get yeah, different things and, 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 and remember different lines and i'd laugh every time so i, I gotta say this is a, at least an eight five maybe a nine wow Wow. Nice. <laughs> nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Chip it. 